0: Hi everyone, Jose Nino here, giving you another fantastic episode of El Nino Speaks. Today, we are going across the pond to talk to the lovely Anya K, who is the host of the YouTube channel titled Through the Eyes Of. How's your day going, Anya?
1: Very well. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me.
0: No problem. Yeah, I really enjoy your YouTube channel and you bring an interesting perspective because Poland, in my view, is one country that is going to play an integral role in the ever-changing geopolitical landscape. Now, before we start talking about Poland and like geopolitics in the broader Eurasian space, could you tell my audience more about yourself?
1: That will take a long time, to be honest. You know, I actually used to have my story um, that I written in my novel, I used to have it out so people could read my life to certain points. However, <laughs> Amazon gracefully removed all of my books at once and closed my accounts. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I, I will say this. Let's, let's keep it a mystery yeah, for now. Okay. <laughs> until, until my book is out again. now. it's, uh, unfortunate, but actually, It's fortunate because it just showed me that that's how they operate and that's not the energy to be around. So about myself, in a nutshell, I was born in Poland. I'm originally from Poland. I think from a very young age, I had this inner desire of adventure and exploration and yeah, seeing places, meeting different cultures and traveling. And as Poland was my home, I always had this sense of, I'm not quite sure if i belong in this. And then I was trying to live in other places, Sweden for some time. And then I travel a lot. I worked on the cruise lines and the cruise ships for quite some time. And I also lived in the United States. And that was uh, about 17 years altogether, different states as well. And then I moved back to Poland um about two years ago when my father was about to say goodbye. And that's what happened. Now I've been traveling for the last 10 months nonstop, pretty much, through many different countries, including Russia as well, that I really wanted to see. And I'm not really sure where my base will be, but I'm feeling this uh, sense of creating the base. So I'm kind of, you know, like God is guiding me and I listen to to my intuition, my heart, and I go where I feel I should be, where I'm called. However, at this moment, I am in Poland because this is very important time in the history of Poland, not just Poland, but the world. And we are going to have the elections to Polish parliament on the 15th of October. And this will be my very first time when I actually will be voting. So it's a pretty big deal for me to be here at this moment.
0: It's indeed. Yeah, that's a topic we will touch upon, the Polish elections, because there, there are some very relevant political topics with respect to that. Yeah, I've always found Poland to be very intriguing among countries in the European Union because unlike most governments in the EU and NATO, Poland tends to have one of like the more populist-minded governments that's skeptical of mass migration, political correctness, and other efforts to impose wokeism on the general populace. What do you think contributes to Poland's relatively uh, nationalistic character that contrasts it with the rest of the EU?
1: To be honest, I look at this a little bit differently because this is what I think is presented to the world. And yes, you know, we cannot judge every citizen the same way. We, We really don't speak to every person who lives in Poland. What is their opinion about that issue? However, if you just look at the recent events, That came out, not that they happened recently. We had a huge scandal uh, about issuing visas in many, many countries that they actually don't want to have citizens from here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the level of corruption that took place in many African countries, I don't remember what other countries as well, I think Pakistan was on the list, I forgot already, but those countries that they claim and they don't want people to come from and overload Polish soil with those are the countries that Polish embassies were issuing visas, oh, you know making money on the side, and not only those people entered, but they also went to other countries that created the problem. and at this point, there are some I don't know if this is official or if those are just gossips or some talks. How EU will respond to that scandal eventually, because they might actually remove Poland from Schengen area. So that means the traveling aspects, for example, will be completely different, right? You might need visa to go to many countries, which now, nowadays you don't. You just cross the border. You don't even know in what country you are in. So trying to answer your question here it's uh, like i say a lot of smoke and mirrors because on one side it looks like they are so against on the other side you have people who work in those embassies and i'm sure many of those high rank people in those positions they were very aware of what's taking place okay so they are claiming one thing to the citizens and the other thing is going on behind the scenes that's what's really happening and just to talk about the migrants I think we have to look at every everything here, even including like allowing Ukrainian refugees to such a number as we have now in Poland to to enter Poland, right? And I know people will say, but this is different kind of people, etc. But this still affects the stability of the country. So now asking people in those ridiculous referendums that will be uh, actually taking place at the same time when election is going on. And asking them what do they really think about the migration if they should allow it or not, is, is just pathetic, you know. Those kind of questions should be asked about everything. Like, are we okay with over 5 million people entering Poland and Polish taxpayers paying the money and supporting them and uh, the business owners as well? I'm, I'm, I'm sidetracking now from your question, I know, but this is very complex, you know. A lot of people, including myself, like, I really... I am not an expert. I just—I should start with this really here. I am not a political expert. I am not any political analyst. I'm not a historian. None of those. In a good way, I mean labels, okay? I am someone who, for some reason, I feel like God wants me to do it now because honestly, I would be just like traveling and talking about spirituality (laughs) and maybe like beautiful things and stuff. But it's so much confusion going on and I feel like my sense now and i'm trying my best to to really seek the truth in all of this because it's so much excuse my language bs and even people who live in poland you know even though they live in this reality many people know what's going on but many people are also like fooled because they just see one side of things so they think this side is bad but the other side is good which all of it is like playing with people's minds and presenting that, uh, this party, law and justice, for example, that's ruling Poland for nine years now, I think, is so conservative. It's such a joke. It's such a joke. It's not. Okay. It's a, it's an illusion. Now we have like extra super duper circus going on because we are so close to the elections, but Ultimately, this is the very party that allowed those people already, that they are now in the uh, European Union uh, Commission or this gathering that's taking place. I think Grenada, Polish Prime Minister Morawiecki went there, now they're going to say, we oppose, we oppose. Okay, now you oppose? Are you kidding me? So how come they are here, right? How come? So who, you didn't oppose for nine years? See, this is like very twisted, all of it. So... Yeah, it's uh it's very you know, if the if those people come from Belarus or Russia, then probably it's a different story, right? Because uh that's a different attitude towards those people. Mm. That's if they come from other countries, like uh countries that actually also go to Italy, France, this is intentional, this is by design, this is to create a complete chaos all over the world, at least in those countries, they can create chaos. And this is by design, like I said. It's no mistake. So I don't know if I answered your question because I'm going around it kind of, but I hope I did.
0: <laughs> so this is interesting because I've met some Polish people in certain um conservative and libertarian circles in the United States that come from, uh, that are kind of associated with that one party, the Confederacja Party, like the Confederation Party, which is more to the right of uh, PIS in, like, law and justice in Poland. And they routinely complain about law and justice not being, like, sufficiently, like, nationalist. And they've mentioned some stuff with regards to, like, their positions on immigration. If I'm not mistaken, is most of this migration wave to Poland, is it through legal means or is it predominantly illegal?
1: I don't know the statistics exactly. All I know that before that scandal came out, we already had a lot of people, um, from those countries, let's say that, that are not so welcome. And this is not my opinion. This is like generalizing. At this moment, after that scandal came out, it looks like we had a few hundreds. I think was it over 230. Almost 300. I'm, I'm not sure the numbers, 300,000, something over 200,000 people that came like this. But then just to sidestruck now to the United States, I think you just had in, was it one year? Over 230 illegal immigrants just, just through the border of Mexico. But then look at your country, right? The size yeah. of the U.S. Yeah. And look at, yeah, look, I mean, I'm not saying this is like not significant number, it is. But Poland is actually, I think Poland, size of Poland is uh, in comparison to size of Texas.
0: Yeah. I think I'm
1: correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine you have all those uh, people that cross the Mexican border just staying in Texas. I know they go from Texas, they send them to different states. I know they do, but still imagine it's, it's already a lot, right? It's already a lot. So oh, yeah. and then, then, yeah. And then add to it the, um, the refugees from Ukraine. Jose. So yeah. imagine lovely, no?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah. I think with regards to, uh, Biden, the official numbers I've seen since he was installed in offense, um, in 2021, there have been like, I think officially like five million people that have, uh, illegally crossed the border since then. But that's, those are official numbers. And some people think those are, um, that really those numbers probably are in the eight million to 10 million range. So yeah, pretty scary stuff. I've argued that pretty much like now the immigration crisis, um, in the U S has become so normalized that. Any type of like massive wave of migration, people just shrug their shoulders and go on with their days because it's become like really normal in the U S and it's that, like, well, that's, up.
1: that's, that's not good. It's like they numb people, huh? Already.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is, um, that said, there, um, not to like go like too off topic. There is like, um, increasing pushback, ironically coming from cities controlled by, uh, Democrats because of just like the wave of migration is so massive that it's straining public resources. But what's going to result from that, I think, might be kind of bad, though, because it's going to be the perfect excuse for politicians at the federal level to call for passing some type of amnesty program, which is no good.
1: Or for the control, like those smart cities. That's actually very convenient.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Mass migration, I've long argued is like one of the cornerstones of imposing globalism and because it destroys like historic nations and traditional Mm -hmm. communal bonds and all of that. And it provides a lot of warm bodies that technocratic politicians can exploit both for like labor and tax purposes and also just to like get them all huddled into these weird smart cities. But yeah. Yes. Uh, Just to go back on topic... This is more geopolitical because historically, at least from a, like a foreigner's view, Poland seems to have historically tense uh, relations with Russia as evidenced by its like subjugation to imperial Russia and its status as a satellite state to the Soviet Union. You kind of see some of this antipathy persist in the present day with the Polish government's uh, generally enthusiastic support of sending military aid to Ukraine, though at face value that could be changing, which we will touch upon later. But are these like anti Russian sentiments universal among the political class in Poland?
1: Yeah. You know, this is the main question. It is, uh, just to different level, to different extent, I would say, but. That's something that I've brought up in one of my videos too, because a lot of people that are watching the news from Poland from the outside are under the impression that let's say one party in Poland is better than the other, okay? Because of how those parties are presented um uh, by the media. And then again depends who is presenting, whose money is behind it. Ultimately. All of those parties, this is my personal opinion. I know it's not just mine, but since I'm here, so I will just say it's is my opinion. All those parties, um, maybe the other way, none of those parties really talks about stopping to spend money on buying more military equipment or making the army stronger. The priority for all those parties is that to me, there are two fundamental questions to ask anyone who is now participating in this election and trying to get votes from Polish citizens. I would ask them two questions: How do you see the relationship with Russia? This is first question, and the second is: What do you think about buying more equipment or getting making Polish arms Polish army stronger? Because the answers to those two questions will already tell you what kind of future they will create in regards to Russia. And the second, it will just confirm this. Okay. To me, there's only one movement in Poland at this moment that stands for peace and prosperity and healthy relationships with every, not just every neighbor around us, around Poland, but. Every, na- every country in general, including China. Okay. So those parties now that are in Polish parliament, they are anti-Russian parties. They might come across sometimes as if you are confused. Are they pro-Russia, anti-Russia? No, it's, it's very twisted, uh, Jose, you see, because at the end of the day, all, it all comes down to making Polish military stronger, to spending money on this and what that means to Poland and to people who live here, it means the level of debt that not just one but many generations will have to pay back. Many. And I don't think people fully are not only saying that Poland for a very long time, I don't want to use a bad word here, but became like a servant of the United States. We are like a puppet. We truly are here. And it's very clear to me to see this, you know, and I know that it doesn't have to be this way. It just doesn't have to be this way. But this change is not going to come from the politicians. And actually, that's the same way I'm comparing to us because I spent there a long time and I also have been there in one of the most important elections that you had which was 2020 and i've seen what was taking place i followed that very closely of course i was not you know following every person with fake votes right but i was following the unfoldment of that and i have to say that it's only people as a grassroots movement as the people who can change that realities not the politicians and that's how how we have we we have very anti Russian approach, which is the most stupid thing. And I'm not saying everyone has to love Putin. It's not the point. There is no threat in my opinion, zero coming from Russia. Is the narrative that has been created? Um I don't know who wrote the script. Someone in the, in the US, and or maybe in Switzerland. Who knows? I mean, they have homes everywhere. But they wrote the script, and the script is running through the media. It's the same media, you know, the same money goes for the media in Poland as it goes in the U.S. or in England or, you know, it's Western media. So it comes from the same origin, right? Soros money or other people of that caliber money. And they run this narrative. There is no threat coming. There is no threat coming from Belarus, and there is no threat coming from Russia. But they keep on repeating this. And the more you repeat the lie, I think Gabels said it, it eventually becomes the truth. It sinks in, you know. So that's how it looks like. And there, there is about thirty percent of Polish population that wants to have normal relationship with Russia. Maybe more, but they are just, you know, afraid to say it, right? That's what I can tell you. I'm not an expert, but trying to follow this, I see. That's, you know, it's it's interesting because. At first, they were so eager to help Ukrainians. They hated Russia more than they did like Ukrainians. (laughs) And now it's so confusing because they are really fed up with this number of Ukrainian refugees, because they are not easy people to deal with in general. Okay. This is not an easy nation to deal with. I'm not saying everyone, but majority. Um, Not so grateful, not so appreciative, not that respectful, very loud, very demanding, very, uh, this word I had problems saying, they have this sense of entitlement, I think I Mm -hmm. said it correctly. Yeah. And it comes down to like, you have older generation who is, this is very heartbreaking for me, because every time I see older person, I just, I have this soft spot in my heart for older people and animals when they are suffering. I know they are children too, but especially older because they are like children almost. They just have more awareness, you know. They've lived life, so their brain is developed, right? But they have this softness of a child and they are weak. And what can they do? And they go to the doctor and then you have Ukrainians who are the VIPs and they are the priority. They understand? It's sick. Yes. The you know, whole, yeah. system, whole system is sick, you know. whole system is sick. Or you have parents who are struggling to pay the bills and they have children going to school and they might not get to the school because there's this child from Ukraine. I mean, it's just a freaking mess, you know, and it's just unfair because people spend 40, 50 years working, paying taxes. There are many people like this, just simple people who don't know any of this stuff we are talking about even, and they just do their job. They go to work, they pay the taxes and their taxes go somewhere. Okay. Like now, from the business, uh, small business owners, they have to give. I think is it thirty percent? It's not from the profits. How much the business generates overall, right, before taxes? So let's say you make a million dollar per year before taxes, right? They have to give thirty percent. I'm talking small business owners. They have to give thirty percent of that million dollars before taxes to whatever is this cost like for the medical stuff, which goes to for the medical services, that's what it is. Which goes to for the Ukrainian uh, refugee to enter the doctor office or other places like hospitals without paying for it. There you have it. That's it's a mess, I'm telling you, it's a mess. Oh, so I yes. don't know how I sidetracked from Ra- Russia to this, but it's it's all like connected, right?
0: Yeah, no, it, it ultimately is connected because the same people pushing for perpetual war tend to be the same busybodies that are making people's lives miserable across the collective yes. West. There's tremendous overlap. I think a lot of these issues are largely um, interconnected. Uh, one thing that I found pretty curious, though, was um, the Polish prime minister, um, um statement that Poland is apparently no longer sending arms to Ukraine due to like, the trade dispute that the two countries had recently. Is this announcement by the prime minister just cheap political posturing or is there a growing concern among Polish elites about the prospects of the conflict in Ukraine?
1: I see it. Again, this is my perspective. This is the Serbe du before the elections.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have such a twist, 180, that's 360, okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, we know bare box. 100,
1: yeah. 180, turn around and like, we love you, we love you, we love you. And then it's like, stop. We love Polish people. We love Polish farmers. We love Polish citizens. Poland, Poland, Poland. Before was Ukraine, Ukraine. Support Ukraine. Slava Ukraine. I cannot even say it. I shouldn't, you know, honestly. I just, yeah, I know. It's the history. But the point is, this is just pathetic. It's ridiculous. Like, this is not even funny. It's not even funny. It's just so pathetic. When when you watch it, you're like, are you like bipolar? What's wrong with you? You know? It's it's really bad, and people don't see it. It's such a drastic change in approach, this is strategic move that is desperately trying to show people how much they care. And I'm telling you, Jose, I don't know how soon, okay? I don't know how soon, but sometime, not long time in the near future, after this election, you will see things unfolding. You'll be like, I can't believe this because they're going to do some stuff. I don't know what they're going to do. This is not even if they're gonna send those weapons or not. Something is going to to happen because they are not going to leave it just like this. I I don't know what they're gonna do. I feel like there will be unfortunately some red flag. They will poke the bear. Let me put it this way. Somehow I feel like they're gonna poke the bear, and the bear had enough, and there will be the bear will be like, okay, just one snap, and hopefully they will stop after that one snap. And I don't think it would be nuclear, but it would be convenient. Let's be just honest here. It would be convenient to have this part of the land for the East and for the West not to be an issue, right? Let's say like we have this part of Poland that used to be Poland, this part of the land that used to be Poland. And I'm not trying to manifest this or create this reality, but I'm just like seeing that if this is constantly... The country that is being used, I'm not saying the people, but the country that's being used to trigger, to trigger, to trigger, to trigger, maybe better. Like we have this, uh, buffer zone, you know, you know what I mean? Like a buffer zone and I'm, I don't want, I'm not saying I want it by all means. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to, to say what I think ultimately. I think this—that's how United States sees it. Okay, it doesn't matter. And I'm not when I say U.S., please, I don't mean the citizens. I mean those who are not even really Americans because they don't act from the place of loving the country. So I don't even know what word. Yeah, I don't even know what word to use. Exactly, like they don't—they are not even Americans. It's like another creature. Okay, those creatures.
0: Yeah. They want to
1: create. Yeah, they want to create because, like, who cares about Poland? Like, you know, screw it. (laughs) The buffer zone, whatever, like, we're not going to explode. If Warsaw provokes, then something goes on Warsaw and, you know, sayonara. But the U.S. is, like, in a far, far land across the big water, right? It's not going to happen. And I just, you know, like I say, until the end of October, maybe the first week of November, Probably not much is going to change because if the election is on the 15th in Poland, so then it's, you know, things have to settle down a little bit right after they still going to write on the uh, lies that they sold to people. Or that can be also another scenario that many people are maybe not thinking about because what is going on in Poland right now, it's a very similar What was in the United States, not in 2020, but when Trump was competing with Clinton, okay? Not 2020, because 2020 I saw very different. But what was the year 2016? I think 17. Okay. So in that time, that election between Clinton and Trump, it was like 50-50, okay? And now this is what's going on in Poland, almost like this, almost like this. I actually think it's more more than 50-50, but they're going to create again. They're going to again steal this election (laughs) again, like they do in many other countries. And they're going to have this 51, 52, 55, you know, and the rest, whatever. And now it all depends how stable emotionally people are to handle it. How much do they know and how they will react to it? Okay. Because you don't know. Maybe people will go on the streets. Maybe they will protest because they think, they still think that they are protesting for, for the better option in their opinion that was better, which is not true at all. Okay. But they are against the, the party that won. And then you have chaos and then you have protests. Could be this, could be a little bit, you know, chill out. And then we have some escalation on the military level. Then we have something coming from Belarus again, maybe another balloon. Who knows? I'm joking, but they never found the balloon, by the way, that came, they already knew it's from Belarus, but they never found it, never found it, but it was from there and then either comes from there, probably from there or something else or We see how the situation in Ukraine is unfolding because this is the very crucial time right now, October, November. I really feel it. Like something's going to give, Jose. I don't know what they're going to do. It's it's just, they are buying all this stuff for something. Okay. I don't know if they're going to combine some lands. What's Ukraine? What they're going to do? I have no idea. I'm not an expert. I invite those people on my channel to ask them questions and, and they brainstorm, but it's my intuition. This is, I'm approaching this more like from this kind of, uh, my senses, my intuition with a little bit more of facts and things that I see, right? You have to see through this. They're not going to leave it like this. It's not going to be like, oh, now we're going to make Poland great and everything chill out. And Ukraine has their own situation going and we keep our farmers safe again. Uh, one year later when they are completely almost devastated, you know, it's, I'm sorry. I'm like t- telling a lot of things in one answer, but again, it's very complex. Sound
0: off. Sound off. Feel free to sound off. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, it's, a, it's very complex. You know, like it, you go from one thing to another because At the end of the day, even when you think about, let's say, now you look at this, if it's a business, right? And I'm not a business person, really, but let's say the country is a business, right? And you know that this is not running properly. And you have to change it. But you know that you have to change everything. Like, not the constitution, okay? But you have to change the employees. You have to change the management. You have to focus on the product, not, not even that much on the quality of the product, because the product, you know, product is there, but on the production line. Right. So how you do this? Like, do you like kick out everyone at once or you bring, and I think this is what's going to happen actually. That's how I see it. Like when I'm verbalizing my thoughts now, um, you're going to bring slowly into that new people. And then those people will bring new people, like referrals, okay? And you create a new team that is maybe on the smaller scale within this large team, but there is like already new energy that is coming in and new visions. And then you will have new sense of direction. And ultimately, that group of people will replace that old sinking stinking (laughs) management that's how i see it because if you remove them all at once that production line that represents the citizens is not going to run by itself you know majority of people are followers they cannot lead their own lives they need to be told where to go from what time to what time what to do they will complain to the rest of their life, but they are not capable. They, they don't have the desire and that's okay. Nothing wrong with this. It's just, if they are guided by the right leadership, that's incredible. Right. But a lot of people, like I have this thing, I love great leaders. I love, like, I tell you, I, the great leader, I will follow until like, literally, I know I sound like a warrior from like medieval times, but I kind of feel like this. If I have a great leader, if he tells me go, I go. But I have to believe in him. I know I'm loyal to him. I trust him. I know if anything, he has my back and he will stand for me because I'm his soldier and I will do it. But majority of those leaders, I'm sorry, right? <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I hope it all makes sense. What I'm trying to say here.
0: No, it makes perfect sense. We, we really don't have like much of a competent leadership class in the West. So there's not much hope in that regard, unfortunately. Are you uh, uh, aware of the Confederation Party in Poland? Yes. What's your opinion of them? No, thank you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you're, you're you're not a fan of what exactly no. makes you like repelled by them?
1: I think they and again, I cannot say now exactly like what year they did what or I would say this. They have been in Polish parliament Quite for some time. And I think they had a lot of influence on many of the decisions that already um, took place in Polish parliament as far as they could vote against by the voting. Let me, let me answer this way. When you look at them, how they vote when there is a certain law or certain regulation presented, what is their approach to it? How they vote? Are they for it? against it, are they in the restroom and they cannot get out of it, for example, because mm-hmm. that happens often with people, you know. Sorry, I couldn't vote. I was stuck in the bathroom. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's for real. <laughs> yeah. So this tells you when the rubber hits the road, what mm-hmm. do you do? Because this is where your power is. How do you vote there? Because they can oppose many things. And that's one thing. Second thing is looking at how they are campaigning what they are presenting i don't have a proof like to show you the document i actually i don't have any of this but i have a very strong sense that this is another um, branch of many of those people in that confederation party i see like they are either they are paid by the american money i'm i'm telling you i just i just see it the way how they talk about things or the way how they present themselves there is this sense of like very very cocky and very not truthful and not genuine approach to people. And I think this is another example of how people are being manipulated because the most confusing thing for voters is if there is someone who speaks some truth, but we don't want some truth, we want only truth. And they also send mixed signals. Because if you look at them, how they look at the conflict in Ukraine, for example, you follow this history with them, how they approach it and how they are saying. Now, actually, just to give an example, there is one person who is from Confederacja. his name is Mensen, last name. And very recently in one of their interviews, he said it like this is on record. You can click Google Translate into English, You, you hear the man. He said, no matter what, there has to be money for Polish militarization. That's all I need to know, Jose. If anyone tells me, no matter what, the priority has to be strong Polish army. I already know where this is going. No, to me, the priority is that Polish citizen has to have paid gas, electricity, food, the basic living conditions that has to be guaranteed. This is the priority. You live in this country, you have to feel safe in this country, you have to feel, you have, you have roof over your head, okay, you have food, you are provided medical service. This is the priority, okay, not the army. I'm sorry, it's not the army because the country is not going to survive. End of story. And if he comes from Confederatia and he speaks like this, then to me, he speaks Clearly, what Confederacja wants to have. So the same the same story, different name of the party. And again, people who are not in it, who don't follow it, they are under the illusion like this one is better. None of those, I will say it again, none of those parties who are in Polish parliament right now is for peace and prosperity in Poland. None of it. There is only one movement that has been created and is actually now I will be voting for them. To at least get into parliament. They, they will not be in the government yet because they need more people to do it. Yeah. But when they get into parliament, they can actually represent Polish citizens, grassroots movement for prosperity and for peace. Not anti-Russia, not more money for the military equipment. No, not more Abrams or F-16 from United States and other military complex uh, contract sign. No, not for this. In Polish, it's called Ruch Dobrobytu i Pokoju. That's in translation, the movement for prosperity and peace. I mean, that's it. Prosperity yeah. and peace. Yeah. That's how you want country to operate. Because when you have both, like you solve the issues, yeah, however the issues are with other countries, through diplomacy. Through diplomacy. Is there any diplomacy? I mean, Lavrov is a diplomat. Okay, that we know for sure. Is there any diplomacy, any conversation with anyone on the level that you can actually have conversation with? No, we buy more military equipment and we just freaking bomb the country, destroy the people, and smash the land and take over the resources. This is how they run the business. I mean, it's really exhausting when you think about it, right? It's like, oh my God, like when this will stop eventually. People don't see it?
0: Yeah. One thing I've, um, gathered from that confederation party is that there's like factions within it that almost sound like they're like part of like the ruling class, but they have like better branding. And then I've heard mm-hmm. like some, some of these guys that sound kind of reasonable that they want like a more like multi-vector foreign policy. But I always get the impression that those type of guys are not the ones that are like really in charge of like that confederation party. I, this has happens a lot too in the U S where you have movements like the Tea Party and even, to a lesser extent, America First, that they kind of present themselves as anti-establishment, but over time, once they get in power, they just become like a part of the establishment, but with better branding, with edgier branding.
1: Yes. And meanwhile, while they are doing all of this, Jose, they are making great money on the site. Yep.
0: That's what it is
1: about. Uh, Another book... Another book, you know, another um, whatever product they create. Yeah. Because they have some airtime and they have some cloud going on, right? And that's what it is. And that's exactly how I see Confederation, now, especially with those younger members, uh like the one that I just mentioned. He has like his own, I think you say it in English, brewery. Uh Like he produces, I mean, he doesn't produce, but he gives his name. For the beer, right? So he's selling beer, okay? I mean, listen, this is the whole... (laughs) This is what I'm saying. It's like, at the end of the day, none of them I trust. I only trust this movement. And again, am I 100% sure that they will be like the best forever? No one knows this, but we say this in Polish. Like, when you wash it, everything will come out during the wash, okay? So let's give them the chance because those are the people who... Don't want war. Who want peace? Who want prosperity? And he want who wants to be sovereign? Poland to be a sovereign country. Like we should be, actually. You know, Poland should be in a way like Switzerland. In my opinion, this is just my opinion. In a way, in a good way. Okay, not in a bad way. Not like uh, washing the money and taking Nazis over. No, I'm saying in a good way. We we could a natural country that has. It's like very, very not pro this, not pro that. Just actually every country should be like this, in my opinion. You just take care of your own land, your own people. You make the best out of it, the best out of the land, of the soil, of the people. And with that, you approach another nation and say, hey, listen, I have this. Do you like it? What do you have? Okay, let's exchange. Fantastic. Do you want to visit me? Come over. Okay, we eat like this. We eat like that. Okay, great. I love it. Will you marry me? Okay, let's do it. Okay, fine. That's the whole point. Like it's, it can be very healthy. It can be fluid, can be, but you know, then it comes down. So this is like spiritual now because it comes down to like human insecurities and this is like trauma. Like this is, we have to like step away from it and look at it. This is on the soul level of human consciousness. We are working on like major human trauma and traumas between the countries it is. It's on the soul level. And then you see, okay, now we are faced with this scenario like deja vu from 1939. Are we going to repeat the same mistake again or we will react differently? You know, because we're going to keep on this, repeating the same mistakes until we learn the lesson. So it doesn't matter politics, money, whatever. This, this, the same thing. That's life. And. Poland, in my opinion, has enormous, enormous potential, especially with geographical position on the map where we are. Fantastic location. We could negotiate every deal. We could collaborate the best way possible with the countries. We could be like the best transit country. And all depends who is in charge, who is in charge, who is really running Poland. Because those people who are running Poland, like I say many times, this is Polish-speaking government. They speak Polish. Are they really, you know, yeah, you have to yeah. say who is too. I mean, who is who is Biden? Like, we don't even know if it's like, this is like a plastic man or this is like a rubber man, what is this really?
0: Yeah, it's but, like a puppet at this point,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like you look at the skin even, like, is it like human or this is like a clone already or like what kind of creation, like, the scientists created here? Because... It's such a shame, right? like, oh my God, like who is running the country? And it's not just where you are. It's like where most of, most of countries are, most in the West, especially in the West.
0: Broadly speaking, where do you see Poland in the future? Will it become like a major player in European politics or will it just still end up being a mere satrapy of the US-led, NATO order.
1: You know, I would answer this. It all depends what's going to happen in the United States in the next two years. That's how I see it. Because I think you are on the brink of major, major changes in the U.S. And depending on that, how the country looks like, that might give some room for many countries in Europe, not just Poland to divorce that kind of toxic relationship they had. That's how I see it. So I think the next next two years in the United States will be crucial. That will determine the future not just of the U.S., but of many other countries that are uh, operating under the orders of the U.S.,
0: well, I think this is a good place to put a bookmark in the discussion. Anya, thank you so much for the great conversation. But before um we leave, where can my listeners keep up with your latest work?
1: The best way to find me is uh, still, fingers crossed, <laughs> my YouTube channel, through the of. I am also on Locals. It's A-N-I-A-K, 44, that's the number, 44 dot that locals.com that's a safe platform you can find me there i attach the links to the articles that i bring there as well now i started to do it lately and to support me there as well people can do i have an instagram account and i also have rumble so those are the places to find me.
0: awesome thank you so much for coming on anya and again to my fellow listeners as always I appreciate your generous attention. And with that, El Nino has spoken.